Natural selection has sculpted the brain that sits in our heads right now. This brain has been honed over millions of years to keep the body alive in the primitive conditions of our prehistoric ancestors. For example, when our life is in immediate danger, we want our emotional self in charge of the body. The physiology of this neural network enables a swift reaction time to events that could threaten our lives. With the emotions running the show, all the resources of our body will be appropriately and instinctively marshaled for this fight or flight situation. Emotions are e-motions, energy for motion, energy to move the body. So emotions have a purpose and we should use them when they are needed. But most of the time, our lives aren't being threatened, especially in the modern world we live in today. And we have another faculty, our intellect or rational minds, that we can use to address more complex problems. The intellect works more slowly than the emotional networks, but it does a good job at organizing our behavior to solve problems, to achieve ends of our choosing. Nothing wrong with employing the intellect when it is the right tool for the job. So we can think of our emotions and our intellect as tools in our toolbox. Or a better metaphor might be that they're like a car. If we need to go somewhere, often using a car is the best way to get there. But we wouldn't stay in our car once we got to where we were going. Letting our feelings and rationality rule our lives all of the time would be like staying in our cars day and night. Putting our emotional and intellectual self in charge of our decisions is almost like sleeping and eating and relaxing and working, but still being in our car the whole time we're doing that. It would be like our car had tricked us so completely into thinking that it was part of us that it didn't even occur to us to get out or that we could. But we can get out anytime we choose to. And not, not just of our cars, obviously, but of our minds. We can idle those thinking and emotional parts of ourselves when we don't need them so that we can enjoy the fruits of our existence or simply bask in the light of oneness and perfection and forgiveness and love that radiates all around us all the time. Unfortunately, whenever we try to be still, instead of remaining in that stillness and experiencing the bliss that arises in those quiet moments, the network of brain activity called the default mode network kicks in. We start simulating the future and examining our past, thinking thoughts and feeling emotions and orienting the world model in our heads around the idea we call me. This was a good trick in the old days because that sort of activity increased a person's chances of surviving the primitive existence of our ancestors. But we live in a very different world today and we forget that what we call me isn't those thoughts and isn't those emotions and isn't the body and the activity that it engages in. We forget that in most places today, in most times in our lives, we rarely need the fear, anxiety, sadness, or anger that the activity of the default mode network helps create. So we have to train our minds to stop switching on like that automatically. Let's practice that now. Make sure you're in a comfortable position, one that you can hold without moving for the next few minutes, and close your eyes. 
Bring your attention to your breath. Just notice the breath coming in and out and in and out. Just notice the air passing by your lips or your nostrils coming in and out. Notice your chest rising and falling, just moving your awareness to your breath and nothing more. Now, I'm going to leave you for a few moments to do that, but remember that your brain is wired for the default mode network to kick in, so you can count on it to start involuntarily activating your thinking and emotional selves, but they're not you, so don't let them start running the show. I want you to just lie in wait for them to start pretending they're in charge, but don't believe it when it happens. Think of the car. You're not your car, and you're not your thoughts and emotions either. Like your car, there's something you use when you need to move the body or solve a problem, but right now there's no problem to solve and there's no need to move. You're just being still and paying attention to your breath. So whenever the thoughts or emotions arise, I want you to just put a name to them or a few word sentence to them, thinking about dinner or planning for tomorrow, whatever it is. Just be ready to name the thoughts or emotions and separate from them, and thereby you are re-establishing your control. And when you've named them and separated from them, just gently return your attention to the serenity of observing your breath coming in and out of your nose or mouth. Don't put any expectations on yourself about how good you're going to be at this. Just cultivate a watchful, curious, and accepting state of mind. When the thoughts or memories or feelings do arise, don't let yourself get lost in them. Just notice them, name them, and separate from them. They're not you.
There's no rush. And if you lose yourself in thought, just be kind and gentle with yourself as you bring your awareness back to your breath, passing by your nostrils. In these moments of silence, practice noticing whatever is coming up in your mind and separating from it. When we do that, we allow for emptiness between activity. And it is in this stillness that our intuitive self can be heard. If there's activity in the body or the brain, the wisdom and power of our higher faculties, of our inner self, won't be heard by us. So I'm going to leave you for a few more moments to practice returning to stillness and emptiness. The activity of the brain will keep interrupting this stillness, but don't worry. Just notice when that happens. Name the thought or feelings and return to the breath. After a few more moments of this final part of the practice, you'll hear a bell which will mark the end of the session. <laughs>